Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. And welcome to episode 28 of the Fantasy NFL Today podcast. As always, I am your host, J.P. Sticker. We are slowly inching our way to the NFL regular season week one. We are less than two weeks away, and I am so excited I cannot control myself. But before we get to that point and before we start talking start and sits, we need to finalize our drafts. As you guys know, my big draft happened a few days ago. I broke that down with my main man, Ray. And he really helped me, you know, dissect that draft, the reaches, the, the, the value picks. And if you haven't listened to my previous episode, make sure you go back and listen to that one. That was a really good episode. Ray had some really good insights. So, Ray, I appreciate you coming on. But last night, I had my second large draft. Okay, so I'm in like three major leagues, right? My first one is my big, big money one. And my second and third one are also big money, and they're the same exact buy-in. Okay, but my first one is my biggest one, and we broke that one down uh, on the last episode. I am not going to sit here and break down my entire draft of last night's uh, league. However, okay, I went into that draft not knowing what pick I had. We just did, you know, let Yahoo pick it 30 minutes before. And as you know, on my big league a couple of nights ago, I had pick number two. So I was hoping I was going to pick somewhere in the tail end um, of this 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 other league that I was in, my second big league that I was in. And thankfully, I did. I picked at pick number nine, okay? So I had picked two in one league and picked nine in the other. So I knew I was going to come away with a different team, and that's what I wanted, okay? Because I hate putting, you know, all my apples or whatever whatever the saying is into one, you know, bowl. <laughs> so I, I wanted something different, okay? So that's why I was happy that I got that end of the 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 draft board pick in my second league. So again, I had to pick number nine. I was like, all right, so I'm going to have a totally different team. This is awesome. However, heading into the third round, okay, I was looking at values, looking at values, and the board just kept chipping away, chipping away, chipping away, and I couldn't help myself. I just could not help myself. If you listened to the last episode, I explained that I reached on Kyle Pitts at pick number two in round three. I just love his upside. Him, you know, you can say all you want about the quarterback play, and I totally understand that. But if history shows anything, Marcus Mariota does like to throw to the tight end. Okay, Delaney Walker was one hell of a fantasy asset when he was playing with Marcus Mariota. I went back and I kind of looked at his career stats with Marcus Mariota. He averaged around five catches a game, seven targets, close to 60 yards, and about a half a touchdown a game. Delaney Walker, don't get me wrong, was a very good tight end in the NFL. But you cannot tell me that Delaney Walker is a better tight end than what we think Kyle Pitts is going to be this year. So I just like the value of Kyle Pitts in the third round. Call me crazy, okay? I had people last night and, and Twitter last night, guys. I don't know what was going on, but it was toxic. Everything I looked at, we had people yelling at each other telling everybody that that's the worst draft pick I've ever seen. You're reaching too much. This is the worst thing. You know, you, you, you did too much. Blah, 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 blah. I couldn't take it. Okay, so I sent out some positivity on Twitter. 
And but the one thing that I was seeing on a consistent basis was the love and the hate for Kyle Pitts in the third round. Okay, I understand the risk. Okay, fantasy football is about risk, right? You have to take risks in order to win. I took a huge risk in my first league and I took CMC. It's a risk. I took a huge risk in my second league that I'm talking about right now. And I took Saquon Barkley at number nine. It's a risk. Every pick you have is a risk. I like to go with the upside. So I like Kyle Pitts in the third because I think he has a steady floor. However, I think he has a huge ceiling. Okay. He can have weeks where he just goes bonkers because there's quite honestly no one else in Atlanta. Cordell Patterson, Drake London. Yeah, those guys are good players, but Kyle Pitts is where that offense wants to run through and who they want to run it through, I should say. So having that value at a tight end position that is very shallow. I mean, I have my three guys, you know, um, Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts. Those are my three guys. And after that, right, it's kind of just like, you know, you're shooting fish in a barrel at that point. Now, Schultz, I get the argument for Schultz. I understand that these guys do have value, but still, I'd rather obviously have my tier one guys, which is Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts. I had a question, and then this wasn't one I was going to answer, but I had a question on Twitter that I answered on Twitter that, you know, was Andrews still available? No, I would rather have Kelsey or Andrews over Pitts, but I wanted to solidify my tight end spot in both leagues. Okay, and I didn't have to reach in this um, second league because, again, I had ninth pick in the third round and Pitts fell to me. And I said, you know what? I went in with him in, in my other league. I'm going to go in with him here and I'm going to ride or die with Pitts. I know it's, it's a scary proposition. Okay, it's not like ride or dying with Jonathan Taylor. But again, at the position, the tight end position, I think Kyle Pitts has absolutely no reason why he can't finish as tight end one this year. Right? There's no reason why he can't do it. It's certainly possible. He's the number one guy on his team. He's going to be the number one targeted guy on his team. His team's going to be trailing a whole lot. They're going to be losing a lot. So what are they going to do when they're losing? They're going to pass the ball. And who's going to benefit from that? Kyle Pitts. So I get the argument against not taking Kyle Pitts in the third, but I just love the opportunity of having that possible tight end one in the third round in a position that is very, in my opinion, weak and shallow. So getting off the topic of Kyle Pitts, because it just, you know, like I said last night on Twitter, it was just toxic. It was people just going after each other, you know, biting throats. It was terrible. So, you know, what? I, w I went to bed and I say, you know what, I'm going to wake up and the day's going to be fresh and new. Um, and here we are. So on episode 28, I'm going to go ahead in a second, and we're going to take a quick little break, and I'm going to get back, and I will answer a few Twitter questions for y'all here live. If you're ready, I'm ready. Let's roll. All right, here we go. Question number one comes from Twitter account at FF. P. Kamish, over or under on Trey Lance losing his job due to due to performance or injury? Six and a half weeks. So these this is my thought on on the the extension. I guess you could say of Jimmy Garoppolo and Jimmy Garoppolo obviously now staying in San Francisco. I don't understand it. 
okay? Even if Trey Lance is struggling, okay, but you're putting full backing into him saying, he's our guy, he's our guy, he's our guy. Then all of a sudden, he starts off a little slow. Let's just say he has a few games where he throws a couple interceptions and just doesn't look very sharp right away. Are you going to tell me you're going to pull him, put in Jimmy G? Do you know what that does for your franchise in, in the future? You are destroying this guy's confidence if you decide to pull him for Jimmy G. Not only that, think about how Trey Lance might feel at this very moment. He currently has Jimmy G now breathing down the back of his neck during every practice, during every film session, during every meeting. Now, competition does bring out the best in many, many people. However, the quarterback position is an extreme mental game. You have to be able to control your emotions. You have to read the field. And you have to be the smartest guy out there. With that being said, sometimes, I'm not saying this is Trey Lance, but sometimes quarterbacks that have someone breathing down their necks especially young quarterbacks that are all over the hype train, that they have huge high expectations, can fold. I personally don't get why San Francisco brought back Jimmy G. Now, the argument is San Francisco's got a very good team. I totally, totally understand that. However, if Trey Lance goes down with injury, and Jimmy G steps in, yes, the San Francisco 49ers will be good. But is that worth taking a chance on that? Hurting the growth and development of your future, of your franchise player, Trey Lance. You moved up in the draft to get him. You've been feeding him confidence all offseason long just to go behind his back and say, you know what, uh, maybe just in case we're going to bring back the guy that we said we didn't really want anymore around. We're going to bring the back the guy that you, I guess, have outplayed and we think you're better than. But don't worry, he's not going to play. He's just going to hang out until you either do something terrible, meaning throw multiple picks for consecutive weeks in a row, or... uh you know, you get hurt or something. Then he'll come in, okay? Then when, you, when, when, when you're healthy enough, then you can come back in the game. It just doesn't make any sense to me. So if I was going to go over under six and a half, I don't think they take Trey Lance out. I don't think they can. I don't, I don't I, like I said, if they do, it's a huge mistake. Unless, of course, injury, okay? Now, I can never predict an injury, so I, I don't think that factors into the over-under decision of six and a half. Now, obviously, it has to if you're going to bet on it. When it comes to just thinking about the San Francisco 49ers as a franchise, I don't want to bring Jimmy G in at all for this entire season, unless, of course, I'm forced to due to injury. Okay, I want to keep Trey Lance's. If this is my guy, which I've been saying, if I'm the 49ers, this is my guy, right? This is our future. This is our franchise quarterback. I don't want to do anything to hurt and, sh and, and, and destroy my star player's confidence. because. San Francisco doesn't play any slouches this year on the schedule. I mean, they have a few, but their schedule is pretty tough. And for a rookie, technically a rookie quarterback, 
this is this is not going to be easy, and he's going to have bumps in the road. And if you're going to decide that, oh, he's got he had a few bad games here, let's pull him and put Jimmy G, and then we can put him back in later in the year. That's not how this is going to work. You have to ride or die with Trey Lance at this point. Okay, so if I was a 49ers, I would even come out and make a statement. Trey Lance is our guy, and he will start until injury happens. Because if you're going to say that if Trey Lance struggles, we're putting Jimmy G in, that's not a good sign for Trey Lance's future and for his confidence. So I would go over the six and a half. I think Trey Lance continues to start and play that entire season unless, of course, injury occurs. Second part of that question is, is it better for the 49ers weapons, Debo, Kittle, or Ayuk, to have Jimmy out there instead of a guy who's completed 249 passes over the last four years? I think to start the season, of course, it is better to have Jimmy G out there for the receivers and the weapons in San Francisco. However, it is way too early for me to come up with a definite decision of whether the long haul, these guys are better off having Jimmy G or having Trey Lance. Because Trey Lance supposedly has a very strong arm. So guys like Ayuk, who's going down the field, could benefit from that. Do I think it could hurt Debo in terms of the run game? Possibly. Because when you have a more mobile quarterback back there, there's no reason to continue to run a wide receiver and your best playmaker and risk an injury. But again, I just don't know enough to say whether it's better or worse for the weapons in San Francisco now that Trey Lance is under center. So what I would answer that question is, I'm staying away from these guys in fantasy. The only guy that I may take is Ayuk, who, who could drop a little bit in fantasy drafts this year. Um, Kittle's also a pick that I would maybe take if he drops, but he's not in my number one tier in terms of tight ends. Okay, I just mentioned them to open up this show. My number uh, tier, type, type, tier one tight ends, Kelsey, Andrews, and Pitts. And then after that, it's the Kittle's tier. But Debo, too, I don't. I'm scared of this whole Debo thing. Um, I'm scared of the soft tissue injury. I'm scared of having the running quarterback in besides having uh, uh, instead of Jimmy G. But again, this is all hypothetical, right? We, anybody besides a coach or a guy or, or, or an insider that is literally the news reporter for the San Francisco 49ers has no idea really what this offense is going to look like under Trey Lance. They can certainly hypothesize like I am doing right now. The 49ers are still going to be a damn good team with Trey Lance under center, but they may look a little different offensively, right? He's just a different player than Jimmy G. So I don't know is the question there. So would I take Debo at his current ADP? No. Would I take Kittle at his current ADP? No. Would I take Ayuk under his current ADP right now? No, because I just don't know. If they fall a little bit, then absolutely for me, it's worth the risk. So I'm sorry I couldn't really answer that question, um, that second part of the question, because we just don't know. Folks, there is no such thing as a fantasy offseason, only the pre-draft season. And here at Sports Ethos, the pre-draft season has already begun. Our expert analysis are churning out important lessons learned and draft analysis on incoming rookies so you can get a jump on your prep and will have incredible free agency 
and a summer league coverage as well. But only if you're part of our premium member team. Head to sportsethos.com now and click on the premium tab to grab a fantasy pass today. Seriously, just cook yourself one extra lunch per month because this deal is only $5.99. I'll see you there. Question number two comes from my man, Patrick, and his Twitter handle is at BallinOpinions. He asks, the gap between Sutton and Judy. This question to me is spicy. This question to me is one that I think everybody's seeking the answers to. Here's my thinking behind this. I was targeting Sutton real hard in my drafts. However, so is everybody else. Sutton went about a round to two rounds above his current ADP in one of those leagues. Really high. And Jerry Judy literally sat there and went one round past his current ADP. So who did I end up with on my fantasy team, my big league? You got it. Jerry Judy. So to get to answer your question, the gap between Sutton and Judy. Well, Sutton is more proved. Well, Jerry Judy has more talent, raw talent, in my opinion. News coming out of camp is Sutton and Russell have been connecting more than Jerry Judy and Russell have been connecting. However, it's camp. It's not the regular season. When I'm sitting there in my drafts, I am targeting, this is how I approach it, I'm targeting Sutton at a designated round at his current ADP. And if Sutton either gets reached or someone takes him a little bit before my 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 pick in that current round, then my 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 all eyes go on Jerry Judy. I don't take him with that pick, obviously, because he's going a few rounds after Sutton in fantasy leagues, current ADP. But I am certainly not afraid at all to take Jerry Judy in fantasy leagues this year. He's a stud. Alabama monster. He's a stud. Russell Wilson has shown in the past that he can absolutely pepper two wide receivers, DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett. So the question then begs, is Sutton Lockett or Sutton DK? Which one will be the quote-unquote 1A to the 1B? I don't think that even matters because if somebody reaches on Sutton, I can get value on Judy. Give me that 1B all day long. But if I can get 1A at current value, then I'm taking 1A. So I don't know if there's there's a gap. There's In my opinion, I think there is a gap, but with value on Jerry Judy in the drafts that I have currently seen, um, let me take a quick glance here um, of my, my team of where I have Jerry Judy. So I have Jerry Judy slated as my wide receiver three in a three-team, uh, three-wide receiver um, roster. And let me see real quick where I actually drafted him draft results in fantasy in this fantasy draft. Uh let's scroll down here. I got Jerry Judy. Find 
I got Jerry Judy at pick number two in round seven. <laughs> okay. So he he technically still can be, right, 1A in Denver, can he? There's absolutely no reason why he can't. So getting a 1A, even a 1B for a Russell Wilson-led team in the seventh round, for me, is money in the bank. While Sutton went in the fourth round, pick seven. So we're talking three-round difference in terms of getting Corton Sutton or Jerry Judy. Give me Jerry Judy in the seventh over Corton Sutton in the fourth, any day of the week. Okay, and the third and final question that I'm going to be able to get to today was asked by Jacob, and his Twitter handle is at JB53322. Jacob asks, Romeo Dobbs or Traylon Burks? This to me is, is a... It's a very interesting question. What I mean by that is if you would have asked me this question, right, like four weeks ago, I would have said, who stops? But that doesn't mean that that's a simple answer, right? Because four weeks later, Dobbs is all over the place and Burks scores a wide open touchdown as his really his only highlight of all training camp and preseason. With that being said, let's take a look real quick at their current ADPs. Traylon Burks in uh, PPR is currently consensus 47 uh, ranked wide receiver and Romeo Dobbs is currently ranked at 92. So we have about a, what did I say Burks was again, a pretty significant gap between the two. With that being said, however, that hasn't really been the case in the two bigger leagues that I've been drafting in. I have seen both Trey, Bur Traylon Burks and Romeo Dobbs go over guys like Sky Moore in drafts, in those two drafts. I think it was in one of the drafts, not both of them. But in one of the drafts, both, both of those guys were drafted higher than a guy like Sky Moore that is currently sitting at 52 consensus, 52 wide receiver ranking. But going back to your question, um, in my league, my big, big money league, Romeo Dobbs went in the 11th round and Traylon Burks went in the 13th round. I would have to say that I lean Traylon Burks. I think Traylon Burks, we haven't even seen the tip of the iceberg yet with this guy. Um, he's been battling little injuries here and there. Um, this guy was a talent coming out of college. And Tennessee drafted him to be the replacement to A.J. Brown. He has, um, in my opinion, a less crowded Tennessee Titans wide receiver room. Now, Green Bay's room is, I wouldn't say, 100 times better in terms of talent, but I think they have more guys in Green Bay um, in terms of who can be wide receiver one, wide receiver two, wide receiver three. On the flip side, Obviously, Green Bay has a better quarterback than Tennessee. I mean, we're talking about two-time defending MVP winner in Aaron Rodgers. So if I were to have to pick Traylon Burks over Romeo Dobbs, I'm taking the talent of Burks over the talent of Dobbs. However, I would not be mad or disappointed if Traylon Burks goes before Romeo Dobbs and I'm forced then to take Romeo Dobbs. I like both of these guys. I think both of these guys have 
upside. I think Trey Burke's floor is a little safer. And what I mean by that, I think he has an easier pathway to targets. Um, Romeo Dobbs, yes, he's got the eye of Aaron Rodgers. Um, he's got the eye of the of the Packers. He's showing out in camp and in preseason. But we'll see how that you know translates into the regular season. Would I be surprised if Romeo Dobbs turns out to be one of the better, if not the best, wide receiver on Green Bay? I wouldn't be that surprised. I still think Alan Lazard is the guy to own in Green Bay. But I wouldn't be surprised if Dobbs jump, jumps um, Watson in terms of targets on Green Bay. But with Traylon Burks, I mean, I just think that it's just an easier path for him for targets. So if I'm going to target one of those two guys in PPR leagues, it's going to be Traylon Burks. But I would not be mad if I have to get Romeo Dobbs. And that would put a bow on episode 28. I really like these type of episodes, guys. I really like answering your questions because that helps me help you. So any other questions that you guys may have that you want me to answer via podcast, via Twitter, via both, please feel free to either DM me or simply tweet at me and ask me that question. I also currently have on my Twitter at JPSticko. That's J-P-S-T-I-C-C-O. I have a, um, a pinned tweet, and that pinned tweet is a little game that I'm playing where I'm kind of grading your drafts. So after your draft, take a screenshot. Go ahead, get on my Twitter, look at the pin tweet, which is right at the top, and post a picture there. Now, I am sure if you guys are following me on Twitter and, and you're not just listening to me, you're on Twitter as well. You guys understand that I am not an a fantasy guy that's going to bash your draft. I don't do that. I think it's rude. I think you have enough stress already with your fantasy team that you don't need to come to my page, post something, and I'm going to sit there. I'm going to bash you. That's not what I'm going to do. I'm simply going to say, you know, look at your team. I'm going to look at your upside and I'm going to also say, okay, there's a couple guys here that I want to keep my, that you should keep your eye on. Um, and what I mean by that is these are a couple of guys that, you know, may be guys that you will want to replace in the future. I'll also tell you a couple of guys on your bench that you may want to hold on to and then trade or even trade right away. But I will not sit there and tell you that you had a terrible draft. If that's the type of opinions and if that's a type of, of feedback that you want, don't follow me on Twitter because I'm not going to give you that. I don't, I don't think anybody in the fantasy world should give you that because a lot of what we're talking about is, is opinion, right? It's opinion backed up with stats and research. I understand that. But do we have a crystal ball and we can tell the future? We don't. So don't let any fantasy expert sit there and tell you that he knows exactly what's going to happen because in football's one strange sport. These second string guys are one injury away from being all pro superstars. We got a lot of RB2s that are sitting there, right, and sitting there with a ton of talent that are one play away, one injury away from being three down workhorses. Do we know who they are right now? We have no idea. We can, we can guess. We can hypothesize. We can come together and say that, oh, we think blah, 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 blah is going to get hurt. And so, so, and so, and so is going to step in, but we don't know, but you need to prepare and I'm going to help you better prepare after your draft guys to keep your eye on. 
a few guys that you may want to target the trade and how you can bolster your lineup. Guys, as always, it's been an absolute pleasure spending some time with you guys. I'll be back later this week and I will answer more fantasy football questions. You guys have an awesome rest of your work week. We're heading our way towards your three-day weekend. Let's finish strong. As always, peace, love, and fantasy football.